0: all right all right all right day 261 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith and remember this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right so today we're in uh john chapter 13 and we begin a new section of the gospel of john a little bit about where we've been so last time i've talked about how um at the end of 12 or end of 11 really uh you had the book of signs. Right. End. Right. So, so. So John gives us these seven signs to testify that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, in 12 to the end of the book, it's the book of glory. Right. He is headed towards Jerusalem. He is headed uh, for his passion uh, at the cross. However, uh, in 13 to 17, I know a lot of uh, I know I'm breaking down a lot. 13 to 17 is what is called uh christ has been referred to as Christ's farewell discourse right where he essentially will give the disciples instructions to prepare them for his departure to prepare them for his exaltation to the father some call it a last will or testament this was common in the greco-roman world where a specific or specific instructions were given to a people that indicated how you would advise them to live upon your death and so the first thing that happens is interesting now imagine like jesus about to die Of all the things he could have said to us, of all the things he could have did, you know what happens? The first thing he does is he washes his disciples' feet, right? The Christ, the king of the universe, gets down and washes the feet of his servants, right? He literally cleans them. And this points to his humility, right? His humility as a king to not just come down and uh, uh, serve his disciples, but to do one of the lowliest tasks in the ancient world, which is to wash their feet right? And this pointed, again, John does these physical things to point to uh, more spiritual truths. So this pointed to the cleansing that will come as a result of his death and resurrection. Now, apart from the physical cleansing, there's something figurative going on. John liked to do likes to do a lot of things at once. And so here he removes... Uh, the uncleanness from their feet, but he also removes the unclean one, (laughs) Judas, from among the disciples and points out that he will betray him. And this will actually lead to the actual cleansing that he actually wants to accomplish on earth. So much, so fire. Um, But I think that Jesus wants us to know today is that he is not just our savior, but he's also our example. If you think about, um, especially Christianity in the modern period, um, many people kind of lean, one way or the other like jesus is savior that absolves us of of all moral responsibility and uh, keeps us um and uh kind of absolves us from um living an alternate alternate way of life right here right now and there's another side who says no no no, he's just a moral example and a teacher and uh the whole salvation uh spiritual stuff were good and i think that uh christ is like yes and no right to both of them right he is both right he is savior but also example he wants us to wash each other's Feet servanthood is a mark of sincere discipleship. Right. You know, a person really is a disciple, not just by his uh, words that he'll serve Christ, but actually by his actions of serving his brothers and sisters. And so no no task, according to Jesus, is beneath us. Right. Uh, The lowliest uh, among us is the greatest. Among us, And I love what he says. He he gives them um, not just a new task, but a new ethic. He says, I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another by this. No, no, no. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. One of the things that I've been praying about in my own heart and my own soul is that God would make me a person of love. Right. That God would make me a person who not just has deep affections for him and loves him. Absolutely. But that I would actually love for real. People, fam, like that is hard, (laughs) right? It is so much easier to be indifferent. I love what Dr. Martin Luther King says. He says that, um, the opposite of love is not hate, but actually indifference. And it's so easy to be indifferent to people and not to care about what they're going through, about what they need help with, about the ways you can serve them. But God wants all of us to be people of love, fam. That is simple (laughs) enough that anybody could do it, but also deep and profound enough to keep us busy, (laughs) right? Until Christ comes back. John 14 comes and he continues again and I just realized I remember uh or just reading yeah this this reading it this time and just seeing like how much depth is in the in Jesus's words how weighty right they are it says Jesus told him I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me now listen to how he says that very interesting you can't go to the father no 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 you can't approach the holy of holies you can't go to the throne of god but there is an exception clause right there's an exception right it's, it's it's only by the son that we get to the father by the spirit right and i love what trinitarian uh theologian fred sanders says he says we follow jesus to the father by the spirit right we follow jesus to the father by the spirit that in a nutshell is the christian life right it includes discipleship uh it doesn't neglect the holy spirit and uh yeah it, it, it tells us our goal or tell us our end where we're headed Right, and I love it because Jesus goes on in his text. I could go there forever. Uh, he he goes on in his text and tells us he not only leads us to the Father, but he also reveals the Father to us. Right. So in other words, we learn what our Father in heaven is like by being in deep relationship with His Son. Right. Christ will say that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Right. And really quick, quick theological lesson. Uh, uh, there's a, there's this term called perichoresis. Right. Perichoresis, which means in theology that all the persons of the trinity mutually indwell one another so the father is in the son the son is in the spirit right that's why jesus can use this kind of language now god is three in respect to persons one in respect to essence and i think the point that christ is trying to make is the deep unity this this doctrine wants to say that that there's a deep uh, inherent unity to the godhead right they cannot be pulled apart right the lord our god is one deuteronomy six right and so this is so good Why? Because in our day, there are a ton of people, fam, that claim they want to know God. And I think I alluded to this earlier, that they want to know God, but they don't want anything to do with Jesus. And Jesus says, that's impossible. (laughs) Right. Jesus, says that's impossible. Right. And this doctrine of perichoresis is showing us that, that that the persons of the Godhead cannot be pulled apart. Right. You can't come to God except through Jesus. Right vague theism won't get the job done it won't save your soul he goes on to say that this same god through the person of the spirit um will be with them and in them so in other words uh it's not just that the the people of the the, the persons not the people the persons of the godhead i want to be precise with my language uh and dwell each other but it's that those persons come to indwell us Right. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's God coming to live and make his home inside of us. And that is the the mystery, fam, of the gospel, that God can live in the soul of man, that God lives in the soul of man when we place faith in him. Listen, God coming to us means having God and anyone that has God, as I always say, gets to keep him right. God is not in the business of abandoning us. Right. And this is so good, and this is good news. Uh, John 15 comes, famous allegory at the heart of this farewell discourse. Jesus is like, yo, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, He removes, and He prunes. Hear this: every branch that produces fruit, so that it will produce more fruit. Here, uh, Jesus gives the seventh of the seven I am statements. Right, I am the better of life. I am light of the world. All this stuff. Uh, I'm the true vine, and um. You know Israel in the Old Testament is compared to a vineyard we've talked about that before and that, and then the fact that Christ uh, says this about himself shows that he is the true Israel right um, but it's also interesting that Christ says the only way you can produce fruit is through him so in other words Jesus uh, and, and God in the Old Testament always had one of his people to produce fruit but it's only by being connected to the vine right and if you think about the metaphor it's so good because if you ever look at a vine and its branch there comes a point when you can't distinguish between where the vine ends and the branch starts right They they become to work together, right. To form this thing. And I'm not saying we become God and, and all that kind of stuff, theosis and all that kind of stuff. But I am saying that, um, there is this deep union with God, the soul longs for to have with God, fam. And as we commune with the Lord, as we open ourselves up to his Holy spirit that wants to transform us and make us like, like Christ, um, we, we, we have this union with God where we begin to bear the fruit that God desires for us, that we begin to, to be people of joy and love and peace, right? That we really wanna become in the first place. And Jesus says, no, 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 this is only by abiding in me. <laughs> this is only by continuing in my word, remaining in me, staying close and connected with me. Listen, anything that keeps you from walking close with Jesus, remove it if possible, right? Remove it if possible, walking closely with Jesus, is the most important thing you can do today if you you don't hear nothing else i've ever said (laughs) listen listen. the most important thing you can do today is just walk closely with jesus my g and i love it because he says um no no to 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 bear the fruit fam i gotta prune you g like no no no. i gotta prune you fam in other words uh the pruning uh is the trimming of the fruitful branches and the cutting off of the dead branches so that more fruit will come and so what he's saying is the metaphor let me unpack it implies hardship so 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 discipleship is not easy i mean we know this but we don't really believe this you know what i'm saying and so there's some progress i think that we won't get in the christian life but by way of affliction (laughs) right suffering suffering and paul's gonna go in on this a ton suffering for the christian isn't just normal but necessary right and the production of fruit is proof that we are really in the vine right and he finishes off 15 talking about how the world would hate them, right? Because it hated him. They would persecute him because it persecuted him, right? And um Jesus is just being clear. He's just keeping it a buck. He is not saying have a persecution complex or we go around making bad decisions saying, look, people are persecuting me, but he is saying um, that we are to remain love, uh, or to main, uh, uh to love him more than anything else, to be loyal to him, right? Uh, and this often uh marks us out from the world and leads us to go against the grain of the world as well. And we say, hey, come what? may last chapter 16 they will ban you from the synagogues in fact the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering service to god now imagine hearing this jesus about to die and he telling you all this you like fam you leaving and i'm like and i'm gonna get my uh get, get killed like possibly killed <laughs> possibly lose my life um yeah just crazy and he continues with this was this theme of persecution and teaches that man like they don't folks don't think they offer in service to god and i think that the the earliest fulfillment of this kind of language comes in people like peter and paul who literally lost their life for christ uh paul got uh his head cut off according to tradition uh and, and peter was crucified um but upside down but um we even see, see this reaching out to the modern age right where christians across the world across the known world have uh lost their life for following jesus um and uh i love it because at the end of the day you know christ still in the midst of being uh providing sobriety he he provides reassurance right he says nevertheless i'm telling you uh the truth uh it is for your benefit that i go away (laughs) i know it may not sound like it but it is for your benefit that i go away because if i don't go away the counselor will not come to you if i go i will send him to you when he comes he will convict the world about sin righteousness and judgment um Maybe, maybe we can unpack that even more in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit actually comes. But seeing the sorrow uh, that has filled the disciples' heart, as he explains his departure, he promises that it's even better that they go away. Why does he say that? I remember one pastor used to say that um, Jesus inside you is better than Jesus beside you, right? What did he mean? Well, when Christ was on earth, he was locked, confined, and relegated in some sense I don't want to take away the omnipresence of the sun. Uh, In some sense, he was relegated to a specific geographical region on earth. Right. But once the spirit has come, he will. We will see this in the book of Acts. Um, Once it once the spirit has come, Jesus goes to dwell inside of all of his believers, corporately and individually. And he the gospel then therefore goes and thrusts the people of God into the known world so that they could uh, share the gospel of God. And I think our prayer needs to be today. That we will remember Jesus's parting instructions and in what our Lord and Messiah requires of us and how uh, reflecting on what he's done for us leads us to do. What he's requires of us let's pray god we ask um for the grace and power to do the things you call us to do um lord uh, help us to live lives that are faithful to you we thank you so much for the lord jesus who has been uh, clear about what he would have us do i pray that we will grow and become people of love uh, and exemplify the love of jesus to a watching world of so christian we pray amen